This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. What's up, honey? I'm Sada Simone. For years, I was looking for a spiritual sanctuary, but never felt like I fit into the wellness space. I was so turned off by the idea that I had to fit into what spirituality should look like or should sound like, I carved out a niche of my own. By embracing my spiritual sassy nature, I became an embodied permission slip to allow others to do the same. Spiritually sass is owning where you fall on the many spectrums of life, living in the complex gray areas between normal and nonconformist. Whether you identify as plain vanilla or sparkly rainbow gelato, my community welcomes and celebrates you in all your delicious potential. This podcast is for people longing for an avant-garde awakening. On the Spiritually Sassy Show, we're going to explore and celebrate what it means to show up in your full power, feeling fabulous, looking fabulous, and making a fabulous impact together. One guest at a time, we're revolutionizing and redefining what it means to be spiritual in today's modern world. This episode is brought to you by the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. As I graduate myself, the health coaching certification has been a huge ally for me to be where I'm at today. Are you curious to learn more or thinking of kicking off a new chapter in your career? Head over to the show notes and click the link to get a delicious, massive discount of $2,000 off of your tuition when you pay in full or $1,500 off if you use a payment plan. And my love, don't forget, you have to use my name as a referral to get this epic discount. And just in case you forgot, my name is Sa Di Simone. My loves, and welcome to a new episode of the Spiritually Sassy Show. Today's guest is a new friend and someone who I admire and love and so happy to be connected with in this lifetime and hopefully many more to come. Ashley Summoner is the CEO and founder of Quilt. Quilt is the first of its kind social wellness platform on a mission to improve the lives of millions through the power of finding and creating community. What's up, hunties? Oh my goodness, we're here for a new, iconic, delicious episode of the Spiritually Sassy Show. And today we have a dear friend and the iconic founder of Quilt. And if you know me, I'm on Quilt Honey a couple times a week. And it is literally such a fucking epic community that we're building. Welcome to the show, Ashley. Hi, my love. Thank you. Hi, it's so good to be here. Hello. Hi, so good to have you. Thanks for making the time. Oh my goodness. I could spend so much time with you always. Aw. And you know what I have to say? That you're wearing red frames and I'm wearing red frames. And last week I was talking to Julia Cameron mm. and she was wearing red frames too. So here we are, red frame crew. I love it. I hey. love that. Yeah. I like yours a lot. You got you to gotta text me the who makes them after. But listen, let's get into it. Okay. Um. 
you have such an incredible thing that you're doing. But before we get talking about, before we get tacky and nerdy, da, 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 I want to just get to know you a little bit more, get to know your inner world, because what you're doing out in the world is so big and you're moving so many people and you're raising so much money and you're doing things in such big ways. And oftentimes when we see someone like you, without the lens of the spiritual path, we don't recognize that this person is like a disciplined, dedicated practitioner. You know, sometimes we equate um, external success with a liberated mind. And, and, and I'm not saying that's not the case for you. You are actually the case that is uh, the, the, the kind of wave of success that we can all aspire to be, where your outside world is, matches. It's a direct re reflection of what's inside of you. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes, and especially for me, my old life in the fashion industry was like, I looked from the, to the outside world like I had it all together. You know, had this magazine, all this money, all the celebrities, all these things, blah, blah, blah. but internally I was crumbling, but people still thought that I had sort of made it, that I was like genuinely happy. So I just want to applaud you mm -hmm. for doing big things out there um, as a direct reflection of the, the big things that are happening inside of you. So mm -hmm. thank God for you. Thank you. Yeah. I, I feel, I feel acknowledged in such a beautiful way from that share. So I appreciate that. Yeah, of course. Okay, so first question, who are you right now? Oh my goodness. I love this question because <laughs> I have like the most evolving. I, I say that like every minute, you know, I update, right? It's like kind of constantly. So I don't know when people will start listening to this, but it's changed already. <laughs> um, who, <laughs> uh, who am I? I'm today in this moment, I, you know, I'm... Yes, I am a founder. I'm like this creator of this thing, quilt, that we're going to talk about. Um, I feel really like I'm in like a, I'm in like a lover romance moment in my life too. Just the like falling in love with like everything around me. So I feel very kind of tapped into just like getting overwhelmed with love and feelings for people and for things and getting attached to um, a lot of people I've been connecting with, which seems weird in this like pandemic, but that's, I've been connecting with a lot of people recently and falling really in love with, in love with everyone. So I'm a founder, I'm a creator and I'm a lover. Okay. I love that. I love that. Thank you for that. And how did you come to be who you are today? Was there a, you know, cause when I trace back to like, when I answer that question, who I am, uh, who am I right now? Oftentimes I reply to who I'm not the mm. parts of myself that I no longer am, you know? Um, and mm. parts that's like who I'm not is because of something that happened to me in 2012 that's kind of started peeling back the layers. Is there a moment in your life that sort of like opened the door for you to be relaxed and kind and sweet and someone that I run, I run, uh, run into at the grocery store and I'm always pleased and excited to talk to. And it's just like this nice exchange and you always have the sweet energy about you and you're doing such amazing things in the world and you are genuinely connecting people and genuinely bringing people together to heal and, and to create these constructive uh, conversations that are revolving around well-being. Like, how the fuck did you start to become this person? You know, mm. like, is there a point? And I know there's multiple points, but is there one that you're willing to open the door for us to know? You know, I um, 
From the moment I was born, I've been kind of committed to growing, like really obsessed. You know, I I remember getting access to internet in my bedroom for the first time. Um, And like I was, you know, I was in junior high school, like looking up Taoism. Like I can't quite, Uh, I can't quite explain this like natural obsession and desire to find myself or figure out the meaning of life. Like I've always had this figuring out the meaning of life, but I appreciate what you just shared because I was for about a decade, I was so serious. Like my twenties, I was so serious. And so like really trying to get somewhere and really trying to figure it out and really trying to constantly like work on myself that it became exhausting and not fun and not enjoyable. And you know, in the past couple of years, I have, I've just kind of like started really liking myself, like loving myself. Um, And I had a friend come into my life who just saw me, like so, so deeply saw me exactly where I was, where I was struggling. And this bond has transformed me. All of a sudden, me alone doing all of this work for 30 years and really in a matter of days, someone just came along and saw just not the performative Ashley, not the blonde, not the like all the constructs of who this person might be and successful in the world, but just honestly, she introduced me to play um, and me and that jump-started this whole thing for me the past couple of years. Wow. Oh, my goodness. Okay. And where did you guys meet? Can I get any more details? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> honestly, we uh, we met at a, like, a, it's funny, too, because we met at one of those, like, this exists, you know, living in L.A. as a tech founder that's venture-backed. Like, we met at one of those, like, dinners that a VC puts on that puts it together and, there's 18 of us and we're, you know, it's fancy and it's in Beverly Hills. I'm like, and you're taking like, I, you know, I haven't lived in LA long at that point. I'm from New York. I'm like, where am I? And, you know, <laughs> and I look over at her and she's like tatted from like, you know, here down. And I was like, we don't like, we don't fit in here, do we? Um, you know, and that was really kind of this like beginning point of being in this bizarre environment for us, like maybe not fully fitting in. And it was kind of like, you know, to, uh, I don't know, you know, in, in like fifth grade where you get in trouble because you're like making like side jokes while the teacher is like doing a really important thing. It kind of was that energy really quickly. Um, and that just, that catapulted like a really deep friendship. Um, where you could understand what each other was going through, having been in the tech space and building products and all of that. And um, yeah, we met at just like an investor dinner. I never heard about the experience of going to an investor dinner. So thank you for sharing what that's like, you know, because when I was in a magazine, my business partner and best friend, her dad just like put down all the, the yep. money into the magazine. Um, so I didn't, it was never something that we had to go out and fund for. Yeah. So that's interesting that that's something that, and thanks for sharing that. So I got, I got a clear view in my mind and I'm sure it's giving a clear view for the audience too. Good. Good. 
Um, okay, so play. She brought play into your life. What does play look like in your life now? Um, so, like, I really love, I mean, I think when you establish like a, like a intimate relationship with someone where that person doesn't feel judged, you know, where it feels safe, like you have this container and then all of a sudden, like we can make fun of ourselves and we can like poke and play. And it's not like, it's not low vibration humor. Like it's really like vibing on a level of, you know, spiritual intelligence, you know, know, mental intelligence, emotional intelligence, any of these things. But for me, it's like, it can be that it can be a lot of it is spontaneity. Like I am just, I, I definitely would say that the, the role that was kind of dormant in me as I got serious and serious and serious was like, I lost a little bit of the, like, I'm the person sitting around on Saturday with a group of friends having wine being like, y'all want to like go get on a plane and do something like, do you want to go do something together? Um, so she reignited a lot of that kind of anything is possible, hopeful wandering that was already very much inside me, um, but had become quite dormant. So humor, play, pointing things out, like developing a language, coming up with nicknames, you know? Oh my God, I love all of this. I'm like, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> Everyone needs a nickname. Everyone needs an alter ego. Everyone needs a nickname. You should probably, uh, you know, go tattoo it on your arm, even if you're, you never had a yeah. tattoo before. Like just yes. that kind of, that kind of stuff that like you had so much fun doing it that you would never look back and be like, I can't believe I did that. You're like, yeah, I did that. That's uh, great. Uh-huh. And I can relate so much to this too, um, because on the spiritual journey, I became that very serious practitioner. It was not about joy. It was about this this forced, serious, this like what I call zombie zen. You know, <laughs> I had the I had the joy stripped away from the past. You know, I didn't know that you could heal with joy. I thought the healing was meant to be this like very agonizing, uncomfortable, serious thing. And parts of it, yes. And then you, you reach a point that you realize that playfulness and lightheartedness and joy and, and, and belly laughs and, and dance parties and spontaneous trips and, and, and you know, dancing on the ra- and in the rain, running around in the rain and just doing yeah. like wild shit. All that stuff is profoundly healing. It doesn't need to be on the direction of I need to heal this thing. But when you are in play, when you are in joy, when you are deeply relaxed and calling each other nicknames and creating a new language, all that stuff is like actively uncovering the truth of who you are and bringing yeah. you deep into the present moment. Therefore, your past is receiving the, the, the nectar that it needed and that it needs. And your future mm. is receiving the nectar. You know, I talk about this often, the interbeing, right? It's a theory that Thich Nhat Hanh, uh, Zen master, talks about how the present moment is influencing the past and is influencing the future. So what you do in the present influences your relationship to your past and influences your relationship to the mm. future. So the more play, the more joy, the more spontaneity, the more nicknames and 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 random tattoos. I'm I'm all for that. That friend, a hundred percent. You know, yes, yeah. we yeah. all need that friend. Yes, we do. You know. Um, so let's talk about quilt. Let's hmm. let's jump into this thing that you have created that I am such a huge fan that I I'm s- such a huge fan and also you've you've awakened something inside of me that I haven't had 
in a long time. And especially because of the pandemic. Yeah. Everything that I did, it was in person. I always had the opportunity to talk to people and have this back and forth workshopping at people in person. But since the pandemic happened, I lost that completely. And when I'm so you brought this you brought this back into my life in such a profound way. I don't think I could ever live without it anymore. So let's Yay. talk about Quilt. What is Quilt for those who don't know? Mm, yay. I'm so happy to hear that. What an honor. Um, so Quilt. Uh, quilt is a, it's a social wellness space is kind of how I describe it. I, it's really important to me that we debunk this idea that wellness is this thing that is done alone and away from, and you work on yourself and then enter back in when you're good. And so Quilt is kind of breaking down that construct and saying, we can come together in conversation, talk about all the things, you know, everything from, um, you know, our spiritual journey to our careers, to purpose, to open mic nights. It doesn't even matter what it is, but we can come together. We can be in conversation together and we can leave feeling better because we spent time together um, in a really like grounding and uplifting and inspiring kind of way. And so it's that, and it all happens online in a mobile application with just interactive audio. Um, so in, in many ways, we're kind of humanizing the social media experience by bringing the magic of what can happen in a living room with a group of people like agenda performance-less and just come together and heal and grow and play and all the things that I, you know, our, our hearts and souls desperately, desperately need. Love it. And what was the initial spark to one to create that space? This has been, again, it's funny, you know, it's, it's been this kind of like, I feel like in many ways I've been birthing this thing since I was like eight years old, you know, when I like went to my mom and she was a single mom and worked really hard and our time would be limited together and I'd want it to be quality time. And by the way, this was like the eight-year-old brain wanting quality time. That's like how I was thinking. So we created this thing called Girl Talk. And when she would be getting ready to go out with like friends or maybe on a date to meet someone, we would, while she's getting ready, we'd call it Girl Talk and I could ask her anything. And uh, the eight-year-old in me would always ask her, like, what's your favorite color? And it would be purple. Or what's your favorite show? And it would be like Melrose Place or 90210. But I would go deeper. We would go deeper. And I would ask how she's feeling. And I would ask about, you know, where my dad is. Like, I would ask these questions and she would answer. And I remember just feeling loved and at the end of this, like, power hour of girl talk. And it was this weekly thing that we would do. Um, so I think if you fast forward, I've spent now 14 years community building, experience designing, bringing people together offline. And finally, I just was like, you know, to have the impact that we need to be in community always, to normalize, optimize this type of conversation consistently as a daily practice, it has to be online. It has to be just audio so we're not swept up with how we look or any of the things that kind of get in the way of connecting us. Um, so I, I kind of started offline and did a lot of a lot of community building and you know facilitation offline. And then we've been birthing this thing online now, uh, very much inspired by the need and the pandemic too. Wow. 
Can we talk about uh, your relationship to your mom? Yes. How are you guys? We're good. We're really, we're in a really beautiful, beautiful place. Um, I'm actually, I'm going to see her, me and her and my brother, like we grew up, you know, together, the three of us haven't been in the same space, physical space for three years. Wow. And next week we're going to be. Okay. Um, and I'm really looking, I'm really looking for, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, we've definitely had our, like our ups and downs and our differences and, you know, like I've dove into enmeshment and like all the things, right? Like all the things that, uh, the attachment styles that we can get, uh, as a child. But I'm, I feel really like we are in this kind of like soft and supportive space with one another, um, that I feel really excited about. It was just the three of you growing up. Yeah. Who are the, oh, you're the oldest? No, my brother is two years older. And you said that it, t- it, took a, it took a while for guys to be at this space that you're in right now, this connection that you are, the three of you. Um, how has forgiveness played a role in that? Huge. Huge. Yeah. I remember the forgiveness quilt you did. And I was like, ah, like crying. <laughs> Huge. And I got, uh-huh. to this, I got to this place. It's interesting. I, I heard a friend years ago say... <laughs> I don't think you become an adult until you forgive your parents. Oof. Wow. Say that again. Everybody write that shit down. (laughs) (laughs) You don't become an adult until you forgive your parents. And I was like, gosh, I've been on this quest to be an adult for so long. I was playing like office when I was five. And now I'm not going to be one until I do this work. Like, what do you mean? Um, And so you know, being in right relation and forgiving and just like, again, I keep using this word soften, but like softening into and learning about like my mother's journey and her experience and how human she is and how much she cares and that, you know, forgiveness and compassion, you know, like besties, I feel like. Um, Very, very, very big. And it's one thing to think to intellectually understand forgiveness. And it's another for on a cellular, like embodied kind of level to just be like, Oh, Oh. I got it. So big, so big. Um, How does forgiveness play a role in your life currently? Is there like a forgiveness, a self forgiveness practice, you know, because for me, it's, it's a, my biggest culprit to my pain is my inability to be kind to myself. You know, I'm just so harsh on myself. Mm-hmm. You know, I I just literally will ruminate and and replay my mistakes like it is my favorite movie in the world, and it's actually not. Every time I replay that memory or that mistake, it just literally inflames my system. It's yeah. just like makes my mind sick it closes my heart yeah um but i you know it's as soon as i understood that my main psychological curriculum for this lifetime was was forgiveness that i came to this life to master forgiveness to teach people about forgiveness Mm. and to as soon as i I figure out that that was the the curriculum for this life and i know it will evolve but for for what it currently is right now, and I was talking to an astrologer, uh, a Vedic astrologer, very prolific uh, person. 
He says, you're in this curriculum for 16 years. So you're going to be teaching this kind of thing that you're doing for another 16 years. Uh, we're two years in, so another 14 years. Um, and I said, oh, fuck, that makes so much sense because it's it really. And then I and then it gave me two things. One, it gave me energy to just like say, you know what, I'm just going to fucking do this. And two, yeah. it, it just like to use your language, it softened my relationship to this to this glitch that I have, to this wound that I have, this thing that makes me feel like I can go from being this this amazing, loving, deserving, kind, generous uh, saintly person to being like, oh my God, I'm such a fucked up person mm-hmm. in like a, in like a, a split of a second, you mm-hmm. know? And now I know that when the pendulum is swinging that high, I gotta, I gotta take, I gotta take some time off and just yeah. go inside and recalibrate. So when I ask you about like, what's the role of, of, of forgiveness in your life currently? Um, I'm kind of wanting to sort of just, you know, pose that question to you and see like what lands and yeah. if anything lands, you know? Well, I'm happy that you went into the share on that because I've I've definitely reflected on this reality that I I don't really ever I don't oftentimes find myself in a position where I I need to forgive someone else. Like the relationship I have with myself is the thing that I've I'm in forgiveness around. Um, I, I don't like being in conflict with people and I have kind of this, like, I want to get to a resolve very, very quickly. So I'm like very understanding of human being. And I don't take a lot of things that other people do personally. I'm like, they're on their path. That's their thing they're going through. That wasn't intended for me. That's okay. So I'm oriented in that way, but my relationship with myself, like I, I've cozied up to shame like a lot in the past year or so. Um, I remember a couple years ago, I was like, I don't really understand shame. And uh, that's not something I was like, oh, I'm just not ready to understand shame. Like that was, <laughs> <laughs> that was Ashley's ignorance. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I keep kind of coming back to this, like falling in love with what makes me me as like this kind of antidote that I play with of breaking down my perfection constructs in my brain. You know, I, I, as a practice, like anytime I can just get into my body, I connect with like this, like, tingling feeling and then I feel love and then I kind of forgive everything and everyone (laughs) like so I'm constantly just like physically moving my body I have a lot of stagnant energy if something is off it's like it's a physical ailment like I have a really strong mind so my mind doesn't go there like my body fatigues and weakens and throws out and so that's the language I have with myself which is like feel physically well, like move my body, let energy move through my body. When I do that, I feel love and expansion. And then I'm just all of a sudden that negative self-talk, um, trying to make me something other than who I am, like kind of dissipates a bit. Um, so that it's a practice though. Uh, So my focus, my short answer is working on embodiment as a form or like approach towards being in forgiveness. I love that. And, and this leads me to something that um, 
I think as we forgive our, as we as we forgive ourselves, we recognize that we are deserving and belonging uh, anywhere we're at, and we are and we and we, and we deserve a seat at the table, and we deserve. Our, the world needs our voices, and it's only when we're all living our truth, and it's only when we're all embodied in our truth and uniquely sharing our gifts that I believe the world will enter into harmony. So this leads me to a quote you posted on Instagram recently saying, take up a lot of space. I believe that everyone should have a seat at the table. I've been told I'm too young to be a founder, to have my own company, to lead a team. Often these moments make us want to shrink ourselves. This is a reminder to you and to me to take up space, a lot of it. The world needs, the world needs to hear what you have to say. Um, can we talk about that? We can. There's like, there's so many things in there. I know. And I feel like it's just the perfect segue from like, because that, this was, as I, as I unhooked from, from feeling like, from feeling inadequacy and deficiency and the shame monster. And I started to forgive myself and understand that nectar of the, the, I don't need to be punished. No one's coming to punish me. I'm okay. I'm not only okay, but I, I, I'm deserving and, and worthy of sharing myself with the world, presenting my gifts to, to the world, entering the world as a gift, right? And I, I love what you said here, especially as some, as, as in a world where people say, um, you know, you can be put into a box so easily. Yeah, I don't. I really, I really am, am quite claustrophobic to stereotypes and boxes and and projected identities. Oh um, shit, that's so good. You should write that down. I'm claustrophobic to <laughs> to psychological boxing projected. It just identities. doesn't work for me, you know. <laughs> and I'm someone who's very easily could be constructed into one. Um, and that's been, I think when we have this like entire inner world that's going on, but we externally present as something else that can fit into whatever uh, box we're talking about here, like that conflict is such, is like what makes a creative like birth, like you birth a creative when there's dissonance between how you're seen, how you're treated and like the inner world you have going on. Um, and that's been a, a big part of my journey is that my inner world doesn't, hasn't matched like what is perceived I present as. So that's a huge part of it. You know, I, I, I often, I went through a big phase in my life where I wanted to stand out less. Like I wore dark baggy clothes. Like I didn't want the attention because attention was this like negative thing. Um, and kind of, again, falling in love with what makes me uniquely me or what makes me human or what my, what my specialities are on, you know, or unique gifts in the world. Like once I was like, oh, that's like so interesting. And that's, that's cool. And I love those aspects of myself. All of a sudden I was like, oh, I'm going to share those things. And it's not about being vanilla so that every single person likes every single person. Oh, that means I can't actually control what somebody sees me as or projects onto me. But like I get to guide my inner world. Um, and that's the thing I get to enjoy. And as I started to just kind of not worry about that and express those things, like that set me on a path of, these like getting to meet these people and collaborating with those people because we got to align together, like our vibrations got to match. So I say that like as a 
fall in love with yourself, express yourself, put yourself out there. Um, because I think when we do and we don't worry about what other people think or making everybody else happy, all of a sudden, like universe, you know, whatever you believe in starts to orient on that path and bring and bring, you know, the people that you get to and want to align with with you. What do you have to say to someone who's struggling to take up space and like share their gifts and, 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 and you know, be a founder? Mm. you've accomplished a lot and you're so young you know yeah i mean i that's for me why quilt exists you know i've heard so much for i've heard so much from people who are like you know i was struggling to find my voice and i started hosting quilts you know i started opening up conversations and you know finding those you know finding the people or the groups or the spaces you feel good in to get started. Like it's important that we, I think we build that muscle of like, Oh, this is a group of people. I feel like I can, I can experiment around or, you know, and not feel judged by like, do it with yourself first, then find, you know, this group of this group of people in this kind of space. And then all of a sudden I think you're, you know, you don't care what you put on social media anymore and who sees it because you have like your orbit, like you have your, your inner relationship, you know, that you, that's kind of like un, unwavering. So I didn't go from like, oh, I don't even know if I love myself to putting it all out there, right? It took a couple of years of just like trying it out and trying it on as almost an experiment among people I feel really good around. And have you ever yeah. felt like, um, can I jump in? Yeah. Have you ever felt like an imposter going to those investor dinners or going to these things? Have you ever experienced like imposter syndrome? You know, I was talking to Sofia Moroso. Um, you know who that is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and we're talking about imposter syndrome. And you would think that someone like you or someone like her, both people who have done so much uh, out in the world and continue to do so much out in the world, to open the door. I don't know if you've experienced imposter syndrome. That's why I'm curious, you know, because yeah. it's, it's and when I tell people that I experience imposter syndrome, anytime I do something big, honey, it's like, <laughs> people are like, what's that? You, you project so confidently, you show up as such a confident person, but um, yeah. And, you know, I still navigate the imposter syndrome. So I'm curious as to what, what you have to say about it, if that's something that you've experienced. Yeah, I mean, I can definitely say that, like, I am really aware of where I feel good and where I don't feel good. Um, and I used to override you don't feel good because this is how it is and you're supposed to do it this way and you're supposed to wear this thing and, like, Ashley, you've got this. Like, you can chameleon to anything, you know, it's like, and this is what it, like acceptance looks like or love looks like and don't be rejected. So like kind of, I used to be able to, I used to be able to just like get, push myself into something and play the role. And that was, that mattered more. Like I was so focused on that, that I don't think I felt imposter because I was so focused on wanting to fit in. Um, I'm now kind of in this phase where I don't feel comfortable shifting me or the environment I'm in. And so now I'm starting to feel a little bit of like, 
like, I don't want to shift my kind of spiritually forward language because I'm pitching to an investor. Like, and because I'm not doing that, I'm a little like, oh, like, I wonder if because I'm not like, I'm choosing not to speak in a way that is classic to this world I'm in, what that's going to, what that's going to bring. And honestly, what it has brought are like beautifully, um, like spiritually curious investors. They exist, you know, and we can riff on those things. Um, you're bringing so, so much clarity. I just want to say for a second, you're bringing so much clarity and so much optimism and enthusiasm to all the young founders out there. I just mm-hmm. want you to know that like I'm listening to this. I'm already getting this like deep resonance in my body that like this is going to this is going to inspire so many people who feel like their spiritual business could never go off the ground because people are not going to understand. They're not going to mm-hmm. receive funding and whatnot. So thank you. Thank you. Keep going. I just want to just, I, I was, I was saying this to you psychically, but I felt like I needed to tell you with my mouth. <laughs> no, I mean, I appreciate that. Like it's not without hardship, you know I mean? It's, it is, it's being a founder is exhausting. Raising funding is scary. Like, you know, I wouldn't, if I wasn't so deeply connected to the purpose behind this and like the fact that I just see this existing in the world and supporting so many people, like the journey is exhausting, but I do think it's really important to know that like the more we, the more our inner world develops and the more connection we have to that, I genuinely believe that like we meet those people that we want to create these things with and it is really it is really possible so i i am i've also been called like a very hopeful person often <laughs> uh, so that's a great quality that's a great quality it's an underestimated and and sometimes overlooked that people i think people think uh people who are hopeful and optimistic as and, and enthusiastic they put them in a category now with the bubblegum spirituality of instagram uh, they put them in a category of toxic positivity, but it's it is uh, it is a, a, an extremely developed quality. Mm-hmm. It is something that lives in the garden of all of our minds. Positive, positive, positivity mm-hmm. when it's like optimistic and enthusiastic and hopeful. Um, it's not toxic. It is what drives us to create change. It's what drives us to create solutions. It drives us to enter the world with the mindset that sees solutions um, instead of obstacles, yeah. you know, that sees opportunities uh, for growth instead of, instead of uh, dwelling and ruminating in, in, in pain and suffering. So, so thank you for speaking to that. I really appreciate it. I mean, I, I appreciate that. It's um, yeah, I've really, uh, I genuinely believe in, in that all people are like worthy and good. That's a big thing to believe, you know. It took me 28 years to land at that very thing. I opened my class the other day, uh, and I pretty much opened every single quilt with touching base with our basic goodness. You know, for those of you who don't know, I I host a quilt uh, every Monday and Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, um, 11 a.m. Los Angeles time, honey. 
And soon enough, actually, now that I have you on the call, I'm just going to put you on the spot. When are we going to go global? When are we going to go international? Because I have so many, such a large community that every single time, before every quilt, I always try to go live on Instagram and be like, yo, I'm going live right now. Join me. And people are like, you and quilt again? I can't log in. I I can't do it. It's not for this country, not for that country. I'm always like. Look, trust me, the more we tap on their door, the more we let Ashley's team know, the yeah. more she's working on it. Yeah. Uh, but sometimes I get people being like, I can't believe you're doing this talk and, and I can't I, join. So here we are. Yes, we have you. So you're on the record. Let's talk about it. Yes, yes. <laughs> I, mean, I, mean, I love it. I mean, I, I want to be everywhere. You know, I um, we've been going in pretty deep on, I mean, for me, it's, uh, you know, I have a musical theater major. I'm a musical theater major. I have a degree in tap dancing, you know, minor in psychology. And so the fact that I'm like building a tech company is hilarious. Um, And so I'm learning like how all these things work, right? Internationalization and localization and centralized versus decentralized servers and like how it all, how it all works. So we're working through the like the rollout plan of like as we are growing, you know, obviously we're a 24-7 kind of social network for these conversations, but you want to have programming. You want to like be in these time zones and then you want to make sure you're abiding by like that country's laws that they have established. And like you want to make sure it's in the proper language, you know, so you feel like really welcome when you come on the nuances between different things. So 2022, I believe, will be like the year where we can really go through an entire rollout. Um, we will most likely explore, um, you know, aligned time zones, you know, closer time zones first. Um, obviously, if the if the place has English speaking um, or then Spanish speaking, right? So we'll kind of take those things into consideration. But my, my plan is, my plan is, you know, we're almost at the end of 2021. So the goals are in, are in 2022. Okay, good. Thank God. I can't, I cannot wait for it. I think the community is going to like go to the next degree. Thank you. Thank you for that. Let me ask you, think, let me ask you something. Do you, um, do you consider yourself a magnetic person? Magnetic? Like, do you think about a person and they call you? Do you? And, and the magnetism is not necessarily the same as synchronicity or synchronization or, 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 or in that way. It's more like being able to just like sit more in the, in the role of like receiving and, and just kind of existing in this receiver mode where things just are coming to you. Mm. I think I, I, it honestly, it feels, it feels more like a, it feels like a yes as I'm trusting it. So like, I'm definitely a doer. I'm a, I'm an initiator. I'm a manifester. You know, I can say that like, I'm like, Oh, I want this thing. And like the next day it's like, Hmm, you know, there, there are those things that kind of come in. Um, just in the past, six months I've been leaning back to the like making it really clear super specific what is the thing that I hope for I desire I want I need you know particularly for for quilt has been my focus and I'm noticing kind of the inbound around that 
I think investment is a good example of that. Like I've always gone out for it and gotten like placed here. And now it's, you know, people are reaching out to me just saying like, I want to invest in quilts. I'm like, great. And so now I'm in the place of like trusting. I'm like, that was, that felt too easy. That's exactly what I wanted to speak to. It's like, that felt too easy. Um, what we are what we are underestimating is all the moments of peace that we have in a day, all the moments of clarity that we have in a day, all the random moments of kindness that we have towards ourselves and towards other people, all the moments that we walk the, the streets. We we live in in LA, um, in in West LA where there's more like walking culture, where we're walking down the streets and the moments that we're not judging people. Or the moments that we're stuck in traffic and we're not we're not you know criticizing or road raging, or the moments that we're in a supermarket, and we're just being sweet. All these things build a spiritual momentum where you become magnetic. Mm-hmm. People underestimate that that Eve, all these things are actually creating this momentum that you're gonna literally put a seed on the floor you know, of what you want. And with the blink of an eye, the seed is not going to go from sprouts to, to little uh, flower and to grow slowly into a big tree. It could actually happen overnight, you know, this like seed on the ground and, and overnight you can have this ancient tree mm. because of all the things you've been doing. They say that the uh, the uh, ascended masters, that people who are very very disciplined on the spiritual path, they live in compressed time, right? So the way they're they're, we could say that the more we work on our inner worlds, the more time gets we are able to sort of manipulate time mm-hmm. uh, in a way that's beneficial, uh, not only for ourselves but for all people. We're able mm-hmm. to create big things in such a short amount of time. You know, when people look at the amount of things that I do in a day. Um, it's it's really has to do with the years of of kind of many moments of kindness, the years of many moments of clarity, the years of many moments of generosity, and that builds what we call uh, your your karmic uh, uh, your your merit bank account, which is your spiritual bank account, which offsets your karmic debt. Therefore, you are literally uh, magnetic. Everything mm. that's meant to be like you're you're. It's almost like you're you're in speed die with your destiny. You're just like saying, okay, I'm ready for this thing. That would normally be like, oh, 10 years later down the line or 20 years later down the line. It's like, no, 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 honey. I'm ready for it now because I've already been doing this work yeah. in this really fast way. So when I'm speaking about magnetism to everyone listening to, it's like it's not about about sitting around and, and, and only thinking about the things you want to accomplish out there. Think about the ways that you want to feel inside of you. Think about the knowing that you want to experience in your heart and, and cultivate moments every day, multiple moments each day to create that, that, those little mini moments of enlightenment. And then just notice how the world out there matches what's in here. And that's what's something that I've said at the beginning of our, of our time to get today, that you have that grace about you. Mm. you know? So I need to mm. applaud that. Mm. Thank you. Yeah. That's... Um... I have been, I've been sitting with the ways I distract myself. Um, And it's, I'm, I'm, I'm just scratching the surface on my understanding of this, you know? So I've been feeling like, okay, if we're, if we're doing this type of work where the inner is reflecting the outer and we're like translating the cosmos and like welcoming people along on that journey, like 
you know, there's time is different in the cosmos than it is here. And it takes a lot of time to translate it. And how do you stay, you know, connected to allow it to like, not, you know, not welcome in these distractions and like carry, carry that work through. So I've been really like looking, looking in the mirror on distractions. I can say that, but my entire kind of value system is built around, um, like I'm here to be helpful. You know, I, um, I was a matchmaker for years. I just wanted to help people find love. Like I wanted, I, I obsess over making connections for people or researching things to share. Like, I just want to kind of be helpful in supporting someone else's growth. And I don't really care how much time it takes or that's been the thing that's like always just like kind of I'm oriented around. Um, so as you just described that, I was like, Oh, right. Like interesting. All those people that I like introduced to, to find love, like, Oh yeah, they, they did want to invest in quilt 10 years later. Right. Like these, like the things, those things that you build up over time. So I love that you're sharing that because it's not like you put an X, you get out Y. Like it's not all this like, linear math equation right two plus two can equal five two plus two can, can literally equal a thousand you know what yeah. i mean like literally we have this ability to give number new meaning mm. you know like number mm-hmm. two doesn't need to mean a one plus one you know like you could literally you could give new meaning we have this ability when we when you're working from the inside out what we see out there is a projection of our mind. So if our mind is liberated and calibrated, then what we can literally give meaning that will that will ascend, that will transcend, that will liberate, that will that will improve life. You know, does that make yeah. sense? Yeah, yeah, I, it really does. I mean, to to be in, I think, exponentiality, like to trust. You know, trust is coming up a lot for me actually on on this conversation, but. To really be in, to break free from the linear constructs that we're in um, that aren't serving really any of us. Um, there's something that's so expansive and hopeful and possible um, in that. And it, you, the second you get it going too, this is beautiful. This is what exponentiality is. Like the second a little bit of it gets going, like it really does take off, right? And all of a sudden, I mean, in the past few weeks, I have been seeing like every angel number. I have seen every 1111, every 222, every of every day for three weeks. Yes, honey. Yes, 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 yes. I don't even know what to do with it anymore. I've screenshotted them all. (laughs) Listen, here's my latest, here's my latest download around, around synchronicity like that. And I know you have to go. Um, because I mean, honey, I feel like I I've just got started with you, but it's like I know you have to go. We're gonna have to have you back on another time because it's just so good. Ah, oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Listen, my latest download on synchronicity is that it's not only that we are being reminded that we're on the right path, but we are we are being we are being reminded that we that deep healing is taking place so each time we experience a moment of synchronicity is the universe is life it's the outer reality reminding our inner world that deep healing is taking place in that very moment that deep healing has been taking place that you are healing that you are perhaps that it, it goes goes even a step further it's like that a part of you has just died 
in that mm-hmm. moment that you're seeing the 333, I mean, when I wake up in the middle of the night out of a nightmare and I go check my phone to just see like, oh, is it time to wake up yet? And it's 333 fucking three. It's inevitable. It is a knowing that a part of me, it was dying, that the nightmare was my, my psyche, my mind processing something out of my, out of my, out of my being. You know, so that number is just around like, okay, girl, that part died. And what else, what else is being born today? What else is, what else, what, how are we open ourselves up to, to receive more information and to be open to, for divine intervention. And today mm-hmm. on my quilt talk, um, I had this elaborate plan to do this other talk, but sometimes when I have the plan to do the talk, um, and sometimes it just, cause I, you know. The stuff that we're talking about, I can't go in there and teach a class. It's not, yeah. quote, it's not like that. Yeah. So I have to drop into my being and say, okay, I had this plan. And this doesn't happen always, but sometimes, um, a few times a month, I'm like, okay, I have this plan of teaching this thing. But then as soon as I, it's a time to go on, I'm like, I don't want to talk about this anymore. Um, so then today I ended up talking about that story died. What now? Mm. Like if, that, if that story, if that concept that you had about yourself died, what now? And we just went. We yes. just went, honey. And everyone had a story that was dying. Everyone had something that they were willing to, 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 to allow it to die. And when I was experiencing suicidal ideation, um, later on, I came to find out, I came to understand through, through, through the spiritual lens that it wasn't that my whole entire body being needed to die or wanted wanted to die it was that a part of me was ready to die um so it's about these mini mm. moments these mini deaths right so anytime we experience mm. synchronicity for now on i'm saying that something died because something else is being born something dies something else is being born you know i um, love so thank that. you for bringing that up i hope that that resonates right a little bit i mean it does it does because if i like just plug what we talked about 30 minutes ago back in around like shame and judgment and like really like the forgiveness the self forgiveness i will say that all of these numbers that have been coming up are like I've been stepping more into the flow and the receiving and trusting that things are like working as like in right relation. And it's less like I have to open my computer. I have to do this thing. I have to then do this thing. I have to then do this thing. And every time I've been on a little bit of a moment of like guilt or shame that I'm kind of approaching it a little differently, I'm getting an angel number. So I also think it's that little like you're good. Keep doing it. This is good. Just keep doing it. I love that. I love that. Thank you for bringing that up. Mm -hmm. And um, guys, as I said before, I host a a talk on Quilt, two talks a week, Mondays and Wednesdays at 11 a.m. And it's always deep as fuck. And the way this works is it's, it's the only place that you get an opportunity to really like get workshopped by me. You either work privately with me, which I I don't, I'm not really doing that right now, uh, or you really join the masterclass with another, you know, two to 300 people where you, you may be the one that gets picked to get a question in or you come into Quilt Honey and I always bring four people as soon as we open, four people as soon as I'm done doing the, the Dharma talk. And we always have this amazing, delicious moment of just dancing together. And it's this constant swap where I'm not the, I'm not only there to teach and speak, I'm there to listen and to be educated. And everyone who comes up to speak, they're the ones who are sharing. They're the ones who, who are, who are teaching. 
And it's such an amazing, I can't say enough about it. Um, we're going to put the link uh, in the show notes. And also the link is in my IG bio for you to download uh, quote as well. Yes. Okay. Before we go, tell me last, last question. Um, where can we find you and define spiritually sassy? Mm. Where you can find me? Um, talking on quilt. Um, but also, you know, so I'm Ashley J Sumner on, on everything. And I'm, um, you know, also one of the humans behind we are quilt. That's all the social, social handles, uh, define spiritually sassy. Um, I think it's, I think for me, like being spiritually sassy has been like taking taking the playfulness, the sexiness, the like, the, the weirdness, which like for me is very, like being weird is very about like controlling one's fate and being magical, taking, taking all of that and like sharing it with the world. Right. So my sassiness comes from like the fact that I have a deep spiritual practice, but I'm like, I'm a prankster and I'm humorous and I'm going to be like be in jest. And uh, yeah, so it, it's kind of like, there's a little bit of the role playing, the character building, the breaking free from stereotypes and like having like a path that I'm having a lot of fun on and, and with. Oh my God. Yes. I, I feel like you just described me. <laughs> Thank you so much. Oh, my goodness. Thank you. Thank you for taking the time to speak to us today, my love. I really appreciate it. Thank you. It's so nice to be with you and everyone who is uh, choosing to listen to this conversation. Love you all. Peace. Peace.